your neighbor. I know. And Love she, like, Christ. She pirates movies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, that's like actually a sin. That's Jesus like straight never. up like don't steal. And she like steals shit all the time. What movies is she pirating? I don't know. Bad ones. Does she also appropriate a <laughs> I mm-hmm. bet. Does she appropriate just like anything? Probably. Yeah, probably so not. Still, really? Because she she probably wouldn't because she's just openly racist. <laughs> you know, she wouldn't like try and hide it with like uh, <laughs> acceptance. <laughs> great. Okay, yeah. Let's see. That. She would just hate it. Sure. <sighs> call them tackles. What? Tackles? Yeah. Tortillas? He's doing we we actually last year for Christmas that side of my family we catered uh, portillos no Yum. chipotle portillos we, ca- we catered portillos to my grandpa's funeral but we catered oh. chipotle to Christmas that's awesome portillos yeah. I want portillos I want to cater chipotle just period just, they send it to you in like a just, make your own taco mm. container they send you like all the rice and like all the shells and like all the this and all of the that. I don't know what else they send you because all I put on my tacos at Chipotle is rice and cheese. cheese. Not even the fajitas? No. Why not? Just rice and cheese. Okay. In a burrito. Yeah. <laughs> they, they charge me $2. And I get chips and a drink and I walk out of there and I hand them $5 and I get a full meal. Rice and cheese, which I like to eat. Yes. Inside of bread, which I like to eat. Any sauce? No. Any sauce? I don't do sauce. I just recently started doing sauce. What kind of sauce? Not even really. I just add uh, Indian food. I will dip things in sauce now. Mm-hmm. And guacamole is a dip, but that's not a sauce. No, it's a. It's, it's a dip. Bread dip. Not a spread. It's bread. It's a, a spread. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it's bread. I don't know about all that. Um, it's something to say, but I totally forgot what it was. Pamela Anderson was that my homophobic racist aunt. On your cousin? Like something about it. She's older than me. <laughs> she's got children. I assume she's my aunt. She's okay. not. She's my okay. cousin. Yeah. Well, she's my mom's cousin. So she's or my mom's second cousin. My mom's her aunt. She is my cousin. I think she might just straight up be my cousin. She might just be my straight up cousin. Who's her mom? Her. Her mom's my mom's sister. She's my cousin. Okay. But she's older than me. I, like, never saw her young. She, like, never lived... She was never, like, living at home with my aunt. Yeah, for sure. Same with my cousin. She's... She, like, has lived at home with her triplets. That are also older than me. So, like, triplets. Functionally an aunt. What are their names? Carrie. Liam Wyatt and Noah. Larry. All right. I guess that's... I mean, that's... They're biblical. Is Wyatt biblical? I think so. Probably. I think about Charmed. I mean, you don't pick two biblical names and then not biblical. Is Liam biblical? Yeah. It's gotta be. I don't know. Sounds biblical. What was the last one? Noah. Uh, Noah's fully biblical. There we go. We got one. I don't think so. (laughs) I think it was... Who built that ark? Who built the ark? Rasputin. What's an ark? The water is coming. Did you ever read that book? (laughs) Excuse me? We had a a Noah's Ark book. Oh. That like 
It was like, God came down and told Noah, the water is coming. And then the next page was like, Noah started to get ready because the water was coming. And like every single line ended with that. He like wow. built the whole thing. And like, it was, that's all I remember about that story. I I'm gonna love puke. propaganda. I went to Catholic school. <laughs> that's gross. I was raised pretty religious. Same. I, I became the black sheep. And started uh, asking questions, which was a problem. Yeah, my, my religion teachers didn't like me. I didn't go to Catholic school, so that I, I started that at home. And mm. I was like, um, what about this? And I'm almost like, uh, but, mm. I asked my grandma where the, where the dinosaurs were in the Bible, and she got really mad at me. <laughs> she said that it starts off and says that there were beasts on the, on the earth, and I was like, that's a cop-out. And she was like... <laughs> Fuck you, you're four. <laughs> and I told her that her anti-wrinkle cream wasn't working. <laughs> my only memories of being young and at my grandma's house is me, like, being really fucking shady and mean to her when I was really young. It's weird that you wouldn't do that now, though. No, of course not. Because I grew a filter. I think you should get rid of that filter. I, I know. I'll fully curse out your grandmother next time you see her. Curse out <laughs> I walked into family Fight Christmas me. this year like, come at me, I swear. <laughs> and I hit my dad pet out front and I was like, let's go, fucking test me. And then no one tested me and oh. I was like, <laughs> You still had to like be there though. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Oh. I got to hold a baby. Are we on a podcast? <laughs> what? What's a podcast? <laughs> Who's a podcast? Who? Oh shit. Who, Who does introductions this week? Oh my god! I did them last Please week. God, let it not. Which be means me. I was last. So who started the introductions? So Sam. I didn't set up a microphone today. You have to do it. It's your turn. I don't have it set up. Just do it that way. Please. podcast <laughs> what hi hello 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 and welcome to can you believe this shit <gasps> we've got dominic yates got zoe mccormick yay and lydia stoic that's me and me i'm sam i'm the audio engineer guy sam wiesner and we have rianne and the cat she's asleep next to me <laughs> she's such a squish <laughs> I love her face and everything about her. Me too. Well, speaking of movies, did we just... Was that a segue? Can You Believe This Shit is our podcast. <laughs> we're a podcast and we're great. <laughs> yes, this is a podcast called Can You Believe This Shit. We did it. We did it. We were introduced. Are we, we, it happened. Did we do it? We got Is that everything? I can you believe so. this shit. Okay. I said it too now. Were we speaking of movies? We were talking about Pulp Fiction. Pulp I'm fiction. not Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Pulp. Pulp. Pulp Fiction. Um, Paul Fisher. But Where we did just he? see I don't know. I don't know. Polly Fisher. Oh my God. Wait. <laughs> we can finally talk about the movie that you fucking banned us from talking about for the last hour and a half, almost two hours probably now. Well, I wanted to talk about it on the podcast because we did the Nancy Kerrigan story. <sighs> well, really... You're right. We just saw I, Tanya. Yes, we did. And we, for the record, I, Tanya stole Zoe's gig. As honestly, I feel really attacked by it. Um, 
I did the story and it's not even we so I feel like time has passed. <laughs> mm-hmm. Time has passed and time passed. And time is weird and it happened and we're behind. <laughs> <laughs> I just really love Margot Robbie. <laughs> Me too. Here's the thing. I also love Margot Robbie and I loved I didn't I didn't want her as Tanya. I didn't like her as Tanya. I loved her as Tanya, but I didn't want her as Tanya. But I was happy with who I got. I thought I think she's I, she's she's not when I think of I don't know. She didn't. I, I don't want to be rude. I just thought she was too old. That's my only. She looked way too old. Yeah. And so did fucking uh, Sebastian Stan. Yeah. He looked too old from the jump. Yeah. She looked definitely 15 at the beginning, and I was living for those the fucking short hair and with the, the braces. braces. I was living for that entire look. That was a choice. <laughs> that was a decision. Um, but then, like, the age up from there, I yeah. was like, bad news. <laughs> Where'd the jump? Where, what happened? Right. What happened? There's what a happened? line where she's like, I'm 23 years old. And I'm like, mm. uh-uh. I was like, are you sure, mama? <laughs> Like, I believe okay. 15 and I'll believe 30, but I'm not <laughs> believing this. <laughs> so, movie, how, how do we feel without, I get, should we not spoil, of course we, how, how, do, we, how do we spoil Mama, it? You're we right. just did the story. <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I was, uh, I <clears throat> hate seeing domestic violence and i hate angry men yeah so i hate shouting there was a lot of that and i hate violence and it was bad for me but other than that like i knew it was happening if i had gone in there not knowing was happening fair yeah like when we went to go see blueberry toast (laughs) (laughs) what is dominic took me to go see a play and it was an event an event. All right. So, <laughs> well, I also didn't know what this was, is about. It was introduced to me as a dark comedy, and then we walked into like a full saga about like terrible, terrible familial abuse. Well, yeah. Like f- immediately uh. and <laughs> prolonged. Uh. And then gunshots. Gunshots. Well, the gun showed up, and then I knew. But well, then yeah. I was, but then, like, I didn't know when it was. You could. You it's could a literally, theater rule. If you, you see a gun in the first act, it has to go off by the third act. But you could pull a gun out right now and look at me in the face and say, "I'm going to shoot this gun off into the sky," and I would say, "Okay, I'm not going to jump," and I would still lose my shit. Yeah, fair. You could warn me to the second when it's going to go off. Still not going to like it. I understand. I'm so, why are we about before toasting? Because I, Tanya, was a lot of violence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Collectively violent all the time, but like that's what happened, Mama. I, yeah, I just I am I get so angry, which is I guess a good thing because it's I me. Mean, yeah, acting, you know. Yeah. But like also, because yeah. it like actually ha- I don't know what the fuck. I mean, I feel. I love it. Sebastian Stan. I don't know if I. Want to accept the demon of heterosexuality into my life, my lifestyle today? <laughs> Not that it already hasn't been fully accepted and realized during that movie, but mm. it's part. fine. I'm fine. I also thought the actor who played Derek was kind of cute. Derek? Hey, Derek. I guess. Derek? Who are you thinking of? 
Who were you thinking of? Who were you thinking of? Derek's the one who the drove uncle. the uncle. Exactly. The drive, the getaway driver. Correct. Yeah. No, Correct? not the driver. That's what I thought. Shane, the hitman. The whacker. Yeah. The whacker. That's what I thought. That's why I was like, no, not Derek. You're right. <laughs> not Derek. He had this little haunting thing. I don't know. I feel like he could he could play Ramirez. If it he was, was his dead white emaciated. guy eyes. Yes. Yeah. I liked how thick he was though. He was thick. He was so thick. I think I would like hook up with him, like being like, "Oh, you're probably gonna strangle me." Like yeah. I'm there for the danger. Yeah. Yeah. The fear is the best yeah. part. <laughs> will I See, live? See, that's how I feel I about die? Sebastian Stan, though. Really? And, like, there's a line. <laughs> I'm not threatened by Sebastian Stan at all. Yeah, In general, day to day lifestyle, no. And as Jeff Galuli. As Jeff Galuli. Yeah. Fair. Very, in general uh, day-to-day lifestyle i would love to be threatened by sebastian stan but that's the difference <laughs> we're gonna move past that one <laughs> all right are we just jumping in yeah I say so all right we, we, we did we did our things first Sam. hi hi Bonjour. hi so you want to know who goes first yeah. i do you do yeah so i was going first ah! Oh, they are. Lydia, you're going to be in the middle here. Oh, she is. Dominic, you're last today. Oh, I am. Mm. Oh, my God. Should we just jump into it? Because we have a smooth transition from the domestic violence talk. <gasps> sure. <laughs> All right. The hey, double gas. Your story. <laughs> I have the story of John and Lorena Bobbitt. What? Who? John Wayne Bobbitt and his wife, Lorena Bobbitt. All right. I don't know. Jesus. So I think we should get into the astrology for this because it's my favorite one that I've come across so far. Because listen to this man. Listen to what this man is walking around <laughs> existing as every day of his life. He has, uh, his son is an Aries. Our red flag. Moon. Red flag. And his rising is a Gemini. Tour of the red flag factory where they are made. Uh, so he was born March 23rd, 1967 at 10 a.m. in Buffalo, New York. In case anyone wants to look up his like full chart. Should have swallowed. <laughs> Firmly that part. Uh, and then we have Lorena Gallo, or soon to be Bobbitt, mm-hmm. was born October 31st, 1970. That's Halloween, motherfuckers. Oh. Uh, Scorpio. I, it said noon, but I think that's just like, we don't know when you were born because yep. she was born in Ecuador. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't find, I couldn't find like records because I can't okay. access the Ecuadorian government records sure. as easily as I can the ones in America from America. Are you hacking government records? Not hacking them. <laughs> I'm Googling them. Um, I'm but she them. is a, uh, get me. double Scorpio with a Aquarius rising. Double Scorpio? Yeah. Sun this moon? is not a good story. <laughs> Sun and moon. You've told me nothing. Yeah, and, and this is not adversary. a good story. And we are walking into the night of June 23rd, 1993, which is my birthday. Oh, shit. So it's cancer season. She, <laughs> so literally, this is a shithole. Everyone is doing badly. No one. Six years earlier. Okay. Edit that out. <laughs> I, can we Why? stop bringing up Zoe's age? Yelling. It hurts me. Oh, I'm sorry. Everyone can know how old I am. It's all no, over my social no, media. No, they can't. I don't it know. hurts me. Okay. So, let's see. On the You'll night of June... will be alive and I'll be dead. 
my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so let's get into it. <laughs> On the night of June 23rd, 1993, mm-hmm. John Wayne Bobbitt, he's a former Marine and a current shitty abusive man, uh, sure. comes home wasted. He rapes his wife, Lorena, uh, which had become commonplace in their home, uh, and he went to sleep right after, leaving her crying in bed alone. Uh, she testified saying, uh, you heard me again and again, how much do I have to put up with? She then went for a drink of water, and when she opened up the fridge, she the only light in the kitchen was from the fridge, and she saw a knife uh, sitting there, and she grabbed it. She says, I took it, I went to the bedroom, I pulled the sheets off, I cut him. Was the knife in the fridge? No, it was off to the side. Okay, but the light, the light exposed the, the light. Yes, got it. an eight-inch kitchen knife that she used to chop off her husband's penis. Love it. Yes. Uh, she finishes the job and flees, taking his severed penis with her. Mm-hmm. And she gets in the car, and she starts driving to her employer's house. I don't really know what she was doing. Driving to her employer's house at, like... What's probably like 5 a.m. at this point. Well, this is going to give me that promotion. Um, but she's driving. She's got the dick in her hand. And she's just scooching on along down the road. And she realizes about halfway through this, dri- this drive that uh-huh. she's holding her husband's penis. Okay. She didn't really know what had happened. She was kind of in shock. I couldn't really get much information about the actual incident. Mm-hmm. Like, you assume he would have woken up and like said something to her. As. Or, like, tried to come after her. Well, I think... Or, like... I don't know what it feels like to have your penis severed. I don't think I'm going to be running after anyone. I guess that's fair. <laughs> I think I'm going to be probably bleeding out a little bit. I didn't really think about that. We'll get into where he went after this. Sure. But um, she's <laughs> driving away at this point. So she panics, sees that it's in her hand, and throws it out the window into a field next to the Seven Eleven. She's like, gotta go, not today, don't want to deal with that, and just drives off. Um, I don't know if she ever reaches her destination. I don't think she does, but she's just driving away. So, like, <laughs> that's that's it. This whole time, he's alive at home. Uh, it's like 5 a.m., two hours after he came home. Could she have used the penis as a straw for a Slurpee? Keep going. Stop it. <laughs> you Probably must be not. stopped. I don't think that's how anatomy works. So, literally... Urethra. You know, I'm sorry. I do know how anatomy works in theory, but I don't know how the anatomy of fucking drinking through a human body part... Could Fuck you. you. Use a noodle as a straw? Yes. A wet noodle? Is it hollow? Yeah, but it's like wet. I'm well, like how, how thick is the, the hollow part? That's all it needs. You just need a tube. But the get a cath right the in there. Slurpees, it's a straw. The Slurpee wouldn't. I'm sorry, I did this. I really hate this. It'd be too thick, and it wouldn't like it would just flop on the side. It would melt because it'd be warm, probably still. Well, no, it's not. There's no blood pumping. It's not firm enough. Are we talking like immediate chop off insert into Slurpee? I'm not talking about this actually. <laughs> Never mind. You Please, keep did going. This to us. Please keep Never going. Never mind. I'm so I don't want to get into it. So it's in a field. It's not being used for a straw. Um, and he 
uh, gets up out of his bed and runs out to a house guest who's staying there, Robert Johnston. I don't know where he was when, like, everything else was going down. Uh Feel like that's not, like, a quiet... Occurrence. Occurrence is, like, the removal of a body part. Yeah. But apparently it was because he wasn't woken up until, like, John Wayne came in and kicked the door down and, like, was like, you gotta take me in and had, he had a towel, like, pressed against his severed crotch. I don't know. So he was like, take me in, and they drove him to the hospital. He's quoted as having said, they better be able to make me a new penis while he was in the car. Um, uh, it seems like uh, that's his, oh, from, from the beginning of the no. story on till the end of the story, that is really all this man cares about, is that his dick works still. And that, yeah, that's please, all, yeah. can we fix it? Of course. So, um. That's his, that's his stature, that's his pride, that's the only thing uh, yeah. that's going for him. Back to Lorena. Uh, she, at some point, calls 911 after realizing what she had done. She told, she tells the operator where she had discarded the evidence, uh, and after a crazy long search through like this field in Manassas, Virginia, which is where we are, by the way, mm-hmm. like next to the 7-Eleven, they're just like walking through, digging through the field, hoping to find this uh, severed penis. Digging through. And they find it, and the cops deliver it to the hospital <laughs> on ice. And they're like, here we go. Put that back where it goes. And they did. <laughs> it takes nine and a half hours, though, and it takes two like specialized people to reattach his genitals and so, like four months later he's brand new yes can i just say that he's not allowed to have his dick back if you rape people yeah no I'm they should have taken that off like day yeah. one or maybe like attached to somewhere else like put it on his button. forehead his That's nose dick nose dick come nose. on dick nose <laughs> ha ha it's your girl's dick <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do they have kids? They don't. Okay, cool. So, like, no one's father would be known as Dick Nose. It would be great. No. I no, you great. wouldn't have to walk around being like, yeah, my dad's Dick Nose. <laughs> so, that's pretty much uh, the whole know. incident. Like, four months later, his his dick is all back to normal, and he's able to use it, and he's in the press talking about how it works great, and everyone loves it, and it's fine. Can't look pretty. John, so um, John Wayne Bobbitt is the first to face charges. He faces criminal charges for the sexual assault that caused the attack. Good. Uh, the nine, the jury of nine women and three men acquitted him after two days of testimony of like the terrible, terrible abuse faced by Lorena during their relationship, mm. uh, which started when she was 19 and he was 22. They dated for 10 months before they married. Um, only a m- I'll get into like their background a little bit. Only a month into their marriage, uh, he first turned abusive. Uh, he was a drunk, jealous, and shitty bad man. Just like every single account of him was just, he was not good. Mm. Uh, he was an ex-Marine. I don't even think, I think he was like doing some sort of like vague training that wasn't, I think it was like diving training or something. So he like wasn't even in the Marines. I don't know. I mean, he was in the Marines, but he wasn't, like, in the war is, I guess, what I meant to say. Was there a war for him to be in? Do what Marines, did the Marines go to war? Do? I don't know. They just, they water, right? They water. They do they water water yep. something. They just, like, tread water, swim with dolphins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, continually abusive, and cops had been called many times to their house. Many people testified to back up Lorena's story. But he was not found guilty. 
Uh, and because of that, they like completely acquitted him and like they dropped all of it. And because of that, Lorena then was a like was forced to go to trial mm. for chopping off his penis because there was no self-defense because there was no crime to begin with. Right. Bullshit. But she still is her plea is still uh, self-defense or okay. temporary insanity. I think is what they are trying to plead. Uh, she faces the felony charge of maliciously wounding her husband. Her defense says that she suffers from an irresistible impulse, which is a form of temporary insanity. Her compelling testimony included how he... Oh my God, why can't I read today? This is bad. (laughs) Included how he forced her to have an abortion, Mm. uh, disconnected the phones to keep her from calling for help, twisted her leg in a military torture technique that landed Mm. her in the hospital. No. Sounded very your story. No. Sam, look... What were we doing? I was doing something where I was raising my leg at you as I uh-huh. oft do as a homosexual. Um, <laughs> and he takes my ankle and says, I'm going to Joe Clark you. <laughs> and I said, put it down. Put me down. Don't put your feet in my face. I'm just the, the little happy look on Sam's face where he's like, I did do that. <laughs> that was my reference. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh god. The Marines specifically are gonna sue us right now for this. For me shit talking the Marines for not going to war. Um <laughs> They do go to war. They do fully go to war. Um, well now we know. I knew that. <laughs> Look. Yeah, me this, too. I just, oh my god, you have a cat on your lap. Happened. And I just Are you so happy? I'm so happy. She's been quiet this whole time just because of the cat. <laughs> and she just got up and looked at me and came on up and was like, yeah, She's so good. I'm gonna I watched do... the entire time and I <laughs> <It's> so cute. <laughs> we need an Instagram page. We need to start putting Rhiannon and our other resident cat who was still making an appearance. We should be on Flash. Flash Gordon, my boy. <laughs> So that was her defense's argument. But um, the prosecution quoted her police statement, which was like immediately taken after the incident. Mm -hmm. He always have orgasm and he doesn't wait for me to have orgasm. He's selfish. I don't think it's fair. So I pulled back the sheets and then I did it. Was her first quote. Okay. (laughs) Which is like wildly different. different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, significantly different from the story. But, like, he does have, like, this huge pattern of abuse and terribleness. And, like, he is, is, like, no doubt a shitty, horrible man. Right. But, like, I just want to know where that quote came from. I want to know what the actual inciting incident is. Yeah, who knows? I mean, he claims that that night she tried to initiate sex and he was too drunk and tired and was like, no, and then went to bed and then woke up to her chopping his dick off. Hmm. So that's his story. But I don't believe a goddamn word out of his mouth. Fair, yeah. Like, point blank, don't want to hear it. Never. So the jury acquitted her of all charges by reason of temporary insanity. Uh, They were like, yep, checks out. Like, Mm -hmm. I also would have chopped his dick off. (laughs) So let's see what has happened since that trial. The media lost their minds over this. Obviously. Obviously. Because... He was all over talking to the news. Uh, she, like, was kind of in and out of the news. Mm. Not really, though. And, but, like, for this having been such, like, a crazy media case, there's really not that much information on it. Really? Like, huh. you could listen to her full testimony, but, like, all of the news articles you read on it are basically just about his dick. Right. Him saying, it works. 
it works. And science then, is amazing. Well, so Lorena goes by her maiden name now and only uses Bobbit as a way to help other victims. She's like a huge uh, victims advocacy person. She started a foundation, uh, created a resource for victims of domestic violence by working with families. Uh, and she now has a child and a long-term man. So she's like doing a lot better now and Good. she's living life and doing great. And she's, she's so cute. And like all of her interviews, she's just really sweet. She's blonde now. She's, she like was kind of like small and like had dark hair and really tiny. Mm-hmm. She was sweet. <laughs> I found she initially found her to like do as a topic on a list of like the top ten hottest murder ladies. Uh, and she didn't even murder anyone. Where is that list? <laughs> you can, it, there's a lot of them. God, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of them because you know how men. You know how men? Yeah, I do know about how men. Uh, speaking of men, uh, guess what John Wayne Bobbitt has done with his fame? Um, I'm a porn star. He did. What the fuck? Yep. Wait, really? All he does is talk about his dick. Uh, he reminds us around every single corner that it does work. First, he tried a, a band entitled The Severed Parts. It didn't really work out. Oh. It was really bad. Um, it was not good. Uh, but it was for to pay his legal and medical bills because okay. he had a lot of them from two trials and like I guess one trial he didn't have to pay for because the state did but like he had to pay for a lawyer and then he had to pay for like a dickectomy. A dickectomy, I a guess. Dickectomy is like you taking something out, right? Yeah, mm. something. So like I can't think of a clever joke. Just keep going. A okay. dick transplant. Dick transplant. Well, no, because it was his. It wasn't a transplant. Well, like a re reattachment. Dick plant. A dick plant. <laughs> to dick plant it back on him. Activate the dick planter. What if like, an animal stole it out of the field? That's though? what I was thinking. That they couldn't. They weren't going to be able to find it. <laughs> no, but they dick found it. Find. They were like they dick found hunt. it. Dick hunt. <laughs> they, it was a dick hunt. They, were they dick found hunted. it, and then they dick dived it, and then they dick <laughs> dove it, <laughs> and it got dick dove in, and then it got dick dacked. <laughs> dicked and act. Um, don't. Dick wait, Coleman. but his his porn that he did. Oh, it what? was entitled um, uh, John Wayne Bobbitt dick. Uncut. <laughs> shut up! You and shut up! It was a soft porn reenactment of Ooh. the incident. What there was the like fuck? A, there's a woman driving, throws the dick out the window. He fucks a bunch it? of. I could. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was gonna say I couldn't find it. It's on Pornhub. You can find it. What's it uh, called? John Wayne Bobbitt Uncut, and then part two is called Franken Penis. Ah, I was close. All right, so we'll watch that after the podcast. So we'll can watch we that. watch it on the podcast right this right very now. second? Now we part of my bonus episode. Donate to our Patreon. We'll watch porn in um, front of you. We will we'll have a Patreon. Watch. We should. He well, basically, he just hasn't stopped sucking. He just oh, thought you were gonna sucking in like a, <laughs> the worst way in a not porn way. Got it. I was like, oh, he's gay not porn? doing gay porn. Okay. No, he just is still terrible. Um, he's been arrested at least twice more for battery charges against two entirely different women that he's dated uh, since then. Probably more. Who knows what he's doing? Other why not than, cut the dick off again? I mean, there's already probably like a line of like preparation. Like a, a dotted line, yeah. please cut here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he should get that tattoo. Like, rip here. 
Quick joke. What do you call a cheap circumcision? Strip, strip. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you call a cheap circumcision? A rip off. No. <laughs> da 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 da. da. keeping in oh man yeah i feel like see that was like that was quick wasn't that a quick one yes he did say it was appropriately uh it was appropriately length mine is gonna be quick length length (laughs) lengthened i don't know fuck you (laughs) don't tell me how to word things it happened and i got it over with and um i think that john wayne bobbitt isn't attractive and i don't know how he's making money off of being is attractive he s- still cr- when was this i don't he's 90s, 93 93 and he's still currently he's, doing things i mean they interview him every time there's like a big like dick year scandal? anniversary oh dick scandal <laughs> dick Samuel. every every scandal um they're no, like, what but... do you think? You're the father of dick scandals. <laughs> Bring it to the stage, dick scandals. What? The father of dick scandals. Me? No, not you. Oh. Not you. <laughs> Me? No, not <laughs> you. John Wayne dick father. You're right. Dick knows. John, John Wayne dick knows. That part. Very that part. Yeah, so that was the story of John Wayne and Lorena Bobbitt. Golly. Loved it. Um, I called my mother and was like, what What did you remember about this this crazy happenstance? And she was like, I don't know. I just remember it was crazy. She chopped his dick off. I think she threw it out the window. And that was basically like... I think you should start recording soon. I think I fully should just summarize we'll like all of my yeah. topics yeah. with a Sue segment. Yeah. Fully. Just Love what it. she remembers. What Sue remembers <laughs> from the media. <laughs> That's not how your mother talks. Because she literally, she remembers, like, she can summarize the Wikipedia article in, like, half a sentence. And I'm like, thanks, Sue. Thanks. I knew that. But what else? Dick cut window. Dick cut window? Maybe. And then I was like, yeah, and he did porn. And she was like, you're right. He did do porn. What did she do? Does Sue watch porn? Sorry. I'm... Really, I don't know anything about all that. Really veering off today. I don't know anything about any of that. Veer away. Yeah, that. Out. Veer away. <laughs> what about veer away? You said you were veering off. <laughs> veer away. Veer away. Lady, what you got for us today? Oh, well. I have Jeff, the talking mongoose. Have you guys heard about this if, talking wait, mongoose? What? Jeff, the talking mongoose, the actual talking mongoose. Wait, why Who's do I know what that is? This is Jeff. He's a talking mongoose. From the Isle of Man. Let's see. I'm okay. going to need more. Yeah. It's it's an island off the coast of Ireland. Uh, anyway, this... Uh, this Okay, it's about a family who a cho- talking mongoose came to. Uh, the family in 1931, it was the... Irving family. Okay. Get ready for this. It was James, his wife, Margaret, and their 12 year old daughter, Voyery. Um, Who? Voyery. Cool. Voyery? Voyery? Same. V O I R R E Y. Voyery. 
Yeah. Sure. It's Fuck Irish, that. so who really knows uh, how they actually pronounce it? Who knows? Haggis. Nope. Let's go. So <laughs> they just started hearing scratching and shit, like, and weird noises in their house. And they first they didn't know what it was. It's first is like just scratching and stuff. Then it started to sound like sort of like animal vocalizations. And uh, they thought it was like a rat or something. They were trying to get rid of it. They thought it was a pest, but that wasn't it. Wasn't working at all. Uh, the sounds got worse. They got like gnarlier, I guess. And so sometimes it started to sound like a loud cat or a dog or maybe even like a a baby. Uh. Um. And that just kind of progressed until eventually it started to, like, really interact with them. Like, uh, he, like, the dad or whatever growled at it once, and then it growled back at him. And then they started, like, they'd say cat, and it would meow. Like, bird tweeted, so on. No. No. Eventually, it just started to like talk to them in a high pitched voice. I'm sorry, talk to them in I nope, that's yeah. in English. Yeah. In Ireland. In Ireland, it introduced itself as Jeff the Wait, mongoose. What language was it speaking? Was it speaking Gaelic? Um, I there don't it know. is. That's what Maybe. that is. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> they speak in Ireland. It's possible. The mongoose said that it was born in India um, in 1852. Well, it was brought over when uh, some people who lived on the Isle of Man brought over a bunch of mongooses to catch mice. Mongoose? Mongooses. Mongooses. Mongoosen. Um, according Mon-gai? to him, he wasn't a spirit, but he was just an extra, extra clever mongoose. <laughs> Have they, did, okay, He's so at this smart. point, they don't see. They don't see the mongoose. He lives in the walls. <laughs> <laughs> Are they sure that there's they not a fully grown a human bit. in there? They see him a little bit sometimes, but not frequently. No, there's a human in those walls. <laughs> no, they there's see a man him. in the wall. The daughter's Lydia. seen him. The daughter saw him. Um, what does a mongoose look like? I don't know. It's like a little. <laughs> okay. You know, like a Got ferret. It. But like water, like a water ferret. A water ferret. What that is the story that they made you read? Fucking like. Ricky Ticky Tabby. That's the one. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. It's a mongoose know. and a snake, maybe. I don't really. Maybe it's just a mongoose. I don't know. It's a story we had to read. Did you guys read Frog and Toad? Yes. Yeah, my dad used to do voices for him. Oh, nice. They were gay for each other. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Did you guys ever see that cartoon? It was like the wind in the willows or something. Grandma Willow? Were they gay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were gay. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> James and Margaret, uh, they like, they did sort of, they only ever caught like glimpses okay. of, of running around the halls. No. Um, but the daughter was the only one who like ever looked at it directly. No, it's a man. Um <laughs> Like, there's a man in their walls, and I'm really concerned for them. <laughs> the family, they eventually are just like, okay, fine. We live with Jeff, the talking mangoose. No, man you move goose. out. Man, mangoose, exactly. <laughs> That's what he is. Foreshadowing. <laughs> Jeff, like, he had terms. Like, they eventually agreed to his terms, which were, if you're kind to me, I'll bring you good luck. If you're not kind, 
I shall kill all your poultry. Oh, my God. And I can get them wherever you hide them. He comes in my house, lives in my walls, and gives me ultimatums. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, he sounds like a like a dick. Yeah, he is. He's a little asshole. I don't like. like uh, he talks a lot. Uh, he starts throwing demands around even more so. Me. Um, <laughs> using questionable language, you know, swearing in front of the children. Yeah, in he, their own home. He didn't like Margaret, the mom, uh, but he sort of liked James and Voyeurary. Whoops, <laughs> Voyeurary. <laughs> Voyeri. Um, he was a little sure. asshole uh, to all of them if he wanted to be, which was frequently. Like, there was one thing that it was like if he took too long to open the newspaper or something, the little fucking mongoose would be like, Read it out, you fathead gnome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so he was like just harassing them. Yeah. I don't he was like a little him. asshole. Why did they live there? Why would they accept his terms? <laughs> well, sometimes you bring them gifts. Also, they didn't have a choice. Like, well, couldn't they just move? Well, not in. They lived on an island. I guess that's fair. <laughs> it's not. I mean, <laughs> like, the only house on the. Island. I mean, if there was a mongoose in my There's walls, like genuinely, <laughs> I couldn't move. I'm on a lease. Yeah. Like I couldn't move. You couldn't. If there was a mongoose in my walls telling me that I was bad at things, like, I would just have to fucking deal with it. He, he brought you 50 dead rabbits, though. That he, what am I going to do with that? That he killed with his own little hands. That's uh, horrifying. So he's escaping from the walls. Not escaping, because it's not... Well, he Nick, he's like, they've seen him running around the house. Like, glimpses of him. I hate him. Like, going in and out of the walls and stuff. They, like, accused him of having paranormal powers, and he's like, if I were a spirit, how could I have killed rabbits? Never mind that I'm talking to you, and I have slowly mimicked your human speech (sighs) by learning. Yeah, no, it fully, like, developed human traits. Hello. He'd also, like, go into town, apparently, and, like, listen to town gossip. Like come back and tell the uh, the family about the I gossip. I love that. It's like <laughs> he a little fly a on the wall. Gossip queen. Did he have a fur coat? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so. Most mongoose do. His ramblings got more like deranged and crazy. Yeah. Fucking Margaret like totally hates him because he hates her and she like doesn't think he's an animal anymore and uh he's not he's not it's a man in the wall (laughs) he's like things are getting like more supernatural like she's like you're no animal and he's like of course not i'm the holy ghost oh my god the holy ghost i have some like examples of some Uh. of his dialogue things that he said he screamed i'll split the atom i am the fifth dimension (laughs) i am the eighth wonder of the world me when i'm drunk i am an earthbound spirit cut to before when he's like i'm no spirit he goes i'm just a mongoose i'm not evil i could be if i wanted you don't know what damage or harm i could do if i were roused i could kill you all but i won't Uh. If I'm aroused. I <laughs> am the fifth dimension is my next tattoo. <laughs> I am the fifth dimension. I have three spirits and their names are foe, faith, and truth. Oh. Oh. I, I, I don't like she's that. She's deep. 
they're like a bunch of paranormal and uh, paranormal investigators and people like came and like couldn't gather enough evidence to confirm or deny his experience his uh existence. existence even though there was like a bunch of town people who came and were like this is happening happening real? yeah like what <laughs> So when they see him around the house, do they see a mongoose? Yeah, he's a little mongoose. Are they he's still clearly seeing not. him now? He's the fifth dimension and the eighth wonder of the world. Well, he's a man in the world. I think Voyeur was like the only one to like really, really, truly. And how old is she? Well, she died in um, 2005. But she was always very adamant that Jeff was the real deal. She's what year like, is it right now in the story? Uh, well, the year it started in 1933. It's Rhiannon puking or hairballing. Oh, she's hairballing. No. Uh. Rhiannon. Wow. You're so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Not in front of the company. Uh, but she's Sorry. like, yes, there's a little animal who talked and did all those other things. She said in an interview, he said he was a mongoose and we should call him Jeff, but I do wish he had just left us alone. So she's like, what, 90-something, taking this to her grave? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after they moved out, like, okay, because when the dad died, they moved out. And a man named Mr. Graham bought it in 1947 and reported killing a strange weasel-looking creature. Hmm. Like, immediately. <laughs> yeah, because, like, you should have done when yeah. you first saw the weird thing living in your walls and harassing you while you tried to open up your mail. I mean, it's, like, good. Like, fuck that little dick. But it was just easily Same killed? Me. Like, you just killed it and it was I dead? I guess he just killed it. Like, and what? we don't... Well, we'll never know. Wow. We'll and never there know. are no more instances of... No more Jeff. No more Jeff. He's dead. He died. He got killed. Oh, my God. Fuck. And that's it. What oh my fuck? god. Jeff the talking mongoose. What? Yeah. He's horrifying. Yeah. What was he? Can you believe that shit? Was no. Was he a possessed animal? Was he the fifth dimension? I think he was the fifth dimension. I think it was entirely someone living in their walls and fucking <laughs> Well, he's no longer the fifth dimension. The fifth dimension has collapsed now. Well, do you really know? No. Me neither. <laughs> I don't like it. Jesus. I'm not going to sleep tonight. Jeff's going to be like, He's going to be in my walls. First, you're going to hear a baby oh, crying oh, in your oh, walls. Okay, the second I hear a baby crying in my walls, I'm breaking this lease. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I'm calling my landlord. I'm calling my landlord. Bill, fix it. <laughs> Bill, Get the man. baby out of the wall, Bill. 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 <laughs> I had a nightmare that there was a baby in my house, in my apartment complex. Same. It was really scary. Well, there was like a bunch of them, and then I opened up the door, and I heard them crying in the hallway, and I opened it up, and they like, walked in. Like, they all like, walked in. It was so scary. It was so scary, Dominic. Was it like baby Jesus's geniuses? That's what I was thinking. Like, little, like, yeah. Like, they were walking like that. Ugh. Did they have big heads? No. What did, did they, they have? 2005... What? CGI mouths moving. Can we watch Baby Geniuses? Can no. we watch Practical Magic? <laughs> Wait, yes. So that was Jeff the Mongoose? Yeah. That was it. And it happened. That was Jeff the Mongoose. And, he's... and I believe it. Can you? I can't. I fully cannot. I can. I fully can. What? You can't believe it? No. 
You don't think Jeff was real? No, it's, I think there's a man in the wall. It's like we've no, been over what I think about it. It was Jeff the mongoose. My name is Jeff. Pause. <laughs> I'm nervous. Why are you nervous? What are you doing? Oh my god. Okay. Well, my story is the story of Tony Lawrence, Hope Rippy, Lori Tackett, Melinda Loveless, and Shanda Sharer, aka the Teenage Lesbian Kill Squad. <laughs> I almost did this last week. <laughs> Fucking kidding me. I looked into doing it last week the because that was what I wanted. A teenage was being kill squad? Yeah. Fair. So this isn't a good time at all. Oh. Uh, let's let's jump in. Okay. okay. So um Shanda Renee Scherer was born in Pineville, Kentucky on June sixth, nineteen seventy nine, to Stephen Scherer and his wife Jacqueline, who was later known as Jacqueline Vaught. After Shanda's parents divorced, her mother, remarried, her mother remarried, and the family moved to Louisville, Kentucky. Shanda attended fifth and sixth grades in Louisville at St. Paul School, where she was on the cheerleading, volleyball, and softball teams. Hmm. When her mother divorced again, the family moved in June of 1991 to New Albany, Indiana, and Shanda enrolled at Hazelwood Middle School. Hazel. There she met Amanda Hevron. Hevron? H-E-A-V-R-I-N. Haverin. Haverin. I don't know. <laughs> going Haverin. 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 Sure. When, uh, so she met Amanda Haverin when they got into a fight, but however, they became friends in detention and later exchanged romantic letters. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's like a brawl. A love brawl brought them together. Exactly. I love um, that. A year earlier, Amanda was dating 14-year-old Melinda Loveless. After Were they all 14? At the time, I think Amanda was also 14, but Shanda was 12. What if I changed my oh. name to Lydia Loveless? I like that. I love it. I just recently finished a uh, podcast. It was a narrative podcast called Wolf 359. They just did their finale episode, and I will die if Isabel Loveless is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I know that means nothing to anyone, but that's all I'm going to say. It's a very good podcast. You should listen to it. Wolf 359, shout out. Cool. Great. Anyway, are they paying us money for that they shout aren't. out? They aren't. They aren't at all. They at have Luna. no idea we exist. <laughs> at all. Um, after Melinda's father left the family and her mother remarried, Melinda started behaving erratically. She got into fights at school and complained of depression, resulting in her receiving professional counseling. Same. As the year progressed, Melinda's relationship with Amanda deteriorated. So upon learning about it, Melinda immediately grew jealous of Amanda and Shanda's relationship because their relationship apparently hadn't officially ended. In early October of 1991, Amanda and Shanda attended a school dance where Melinda found and confronted them. She demanded that Amanda choose which girl she would rather be with. After Heverin shows Melinda, she told Shanda, if you ever try to talk to Amanda again, I'm going to fucking kill you. Uh. After Amanda and Shanda attended a uh. festival together in late October, Melinda began to discuss killing Shanda and threaten Shanda in public. Same. Concerned about the effects of their daughter's relationship with Amanda, Shanda's parents arranged for her to transfer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help School. 
in New Albany where she joined the girls basketball team. Was that like a a school for like troubled children? Or yeah, something? I think it was just a, a, a Catholic school that they just put her in. Our Lady of Perpetual Help sounds like a troubled children's school. That's the only reason I ask. Yeah. I, all I have is a Catholic school in New Albany. It could have been a Catholic reform school of some sort. All Catholic school is reform school. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> exactly. On the night of January 10th, 1982, Tony Warrant, who's 15, Hope Rippey, who's 15, Lori Tackett, who's 17, drove to Melinda's car, drove in Lori's car to Melinda's house, who's uh, 16 at this point. Upon arrival, Melinda showed them a knife, telling them she was going to scare Shonda Sharer with it. While Lori, Hope, and Tony had never met Shanda prior to that night, Lori had already known of the plan to intimidate the 12-year-old girl. What? Melinda explained to the two other girls that she disliked Shanda for being a copycat and stealing her girlfriend. So the plan is they're just going to scare her because, I mean... She's 12 years old. She's 12 you guys are 16 and 15. 17. And 17. 15, 16, and 17. But, I mean, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> the four girls drove to Jeffersonville, Indiana, where Shanda had stayed with her father on the weekends. They arrived at Shanda's house shortly before dark. Melinda told Hope and Tony to go to the door and introduce themselves as friends of Amanda, then invite Shanda to come with them to see Amanda, who was waiting for them at the Witch's Castle. What? which was a ruined stone house, also known as Mistletoe Falls, located on an isolated hill overlooking the Ohio River. I want to go there. Yeah, the Witch's, the Castle. Witch's Castle. That sounds awesome. That's yeah. amazing. Uh, being 12, Shanda couldn't leave the house, so she told the girls to come back at midnight when she could sneak out of the house. When they arrived at Shanda's house at around 12.30 a.m., Lori and Hope went to the door. Melinda hid under a blanket in the backseat of the car with a knife. Where were these children supposed to be? Uh, they said they were going to a concert in uh, Indiana, which they actually did after Shonda couldn't come out of the house until midnight. They did go to the concert, and oh. then they came back and were like, time to murder. Um, yeah, I guess. She, Melinda told her friends that before the night was over, she wanted to both have sex with and murder the 12-year-old girl. Well, yeah. You know how you just explain that to your friends? No. Uh, on the ride to the witch's castle, the girls asked Shanda about her relationship with Amanda and what must have been an attempt to anger Melinda. After Shanda discussed her plans to reconnect with her ex-girlfriend, Melinda sprung from the back seat and held the kitchen knife to Shanda's throat. Shanda freaked out, obviously, and started crying. Melinda then began talking about the legend surrounding the witch's castle. What the, the drama? It was a place where nine witches had lived before being burned alive by local townspeople. Yes. It was a place of death, Melinda told Shanda, upon arrival to the castle, before binding her arms and legs with rope. Oh, I hate no. this. There, Melinda taunted that she had pretty hair and wondered how pretty she would look if they were to cut it off, which frightened Shanda even more. Melinda began taking off Shanda's rings and handed each to the girls. Oh. And at some point, Hope had taken Shanda's Mickey Mouse watch and danced to the tune it played. So they're just antagonizing and fucking with her and just... Uh, Lori further taunted Shanda, claiming that the witch's castle was filled with human remains and Shanda would, Shanda's would be next. To further threaten her, Lori then lit a t-shirt on fire, but immediately feared that the fire would be spotted by passing cars. So she put it out and the girls left the witch's castle with Shanda. 
During the car ride, Shanda continued begging them to take her back home. Melinda told Shanda to slip off her bra, which she then handed over to Hope, who slid off her own bra and replaced it with Shanda's while stealing the car. Steering the car, which I don't understand why a swappage of the bras was necessary. Yeah. Or makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, but it they're not in their right frame of mind, obviously. Or I mean like what any frame of mind because they're not thinking because they're all fucking idiots they're children yeah they're not though the 15 16 17 that's pretty that's pretty grown relative i mean yeah yes in relation to this 12 year old child who hurt them we'll get to that actually um the entire state of ohio (laughs) (laughs) well okay um (laughs) Arriving sometime later at the edge of some woods near Lori's home in Madison, Indiana, Lori let them down a deserted road where she and Melinda dragged... Drug? Dragged. 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 Um, Shanda out of the car and proceeded to strip her down to her underwear. Uh, no. Melinda then began punching Shanda in the stomach, then began kneeing her in the face so hard that her braces ripped through the inside of her lips. Oh my god. Melinda tried to slit Shanda's throat, but the knife was too dull. Uh, Hope came out of the car to hold Shanda down, while Melinda and Lori took turns stabbing her in the chest. They then strangled her with a rope until she was unconscious, placed her in the trunk of the car, and told the other two girls that Shanda was dead. They drove to Lori's nearby home and went inside to drink soda and clean themselves. When they heard Shanda screaming in the trunk... Uh, Lori went out with a paring knife and stabbed her several more times, coming back a few minutes later covered with blood. Oh, my God. At 2.30 a.m., Tony and Hope stayed behind as Lori and Melinda went country cruising, driving to the nearby town of Canaan. Canaan? Canaan. C-A-N-A-A-N. Canaan. Canaan. To dispose like of... Cain? No. Oh, Canaan is a place like in the those- Bible. Canaan days. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ignoring that. <laughs> I know nothing about Joseph and the Technicolor Dream Coat, and I. Will. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was Joseph and the Wonderful Technicolor no. <laughs> yep. Dream Clack. <laughs> I'm the Dream Clack. <laughs> Um, clack, 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 clack. What oh, did okay. somebody so mention art? Uh, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they drove to Canaan to dispose of her body. Shanda continued to make crying and gurgling noises, so no. Lori stopped the car. They opened the trunk. No. Oh my god. Shanda How long does it take to fucking effectively murder someone? Stop. Like, commit. Commit, dude. Don't murder. Like, they've been trying to kill her for like hours. Hours. This is fucked up. Uh, Shanda sat up when they opened the trunk, covered with blood, with her eyes rolled back in her head. She was unable to speak. Lori beat her with a tire iron until she was silent. Stop it. Melinda and Lori returned to Lori's house just before daybreak to clean up again. The girls then drove to a gas station near Madison Consolidated High School, pumped some gasoline into the car, bought a two-liter bottle of Pepsi. Lori poured out the Pepsi and refilled the bottle with gasoline. 
Can you guess what they're going to do with the gasoline? No. Uh, They drove north of Madison past Jefferson Proving Ground to Lemon Road off U.S. Route 421. Tony remained in the car while Lori and Hope wrapped Shanda, who was still alive, in a blanket and then carried her to a field by the gravel country road. Lori made Hope pour the gasoline on Shanda and then they set her on fire. The girls quickly drove away, but uh, Melinda randomly asked them to turn around just so they could make sure that Shanda was dead. Please tell me she's dead. She wasn't dead. No. When Melinda made it back to the body, she poured what was left on the gasoline on the girl and watched her writhe in pain. The girls then went to a McDonald's restaurant at 9.30 a.m. for breakfast, where they laughed about how Shanda's body looked like one of the sausages they were eating. Uh, Stephen Scherer noticed his daughter missing early on January 11th. After calling neighbors and friends all morning, he called his ex-wife at 1.45 p.m., and they met with a Cook County Sheriff officer, and they filed a missing report. Later in the same morning of January 11th, 1992, two brothers from Canaan, Indiana, were driving toward Jefferson Proving Ground to go hunting when they noticed a body on the side of the road. They called the police at 10.55 a.m. and were asked to return to the corpse. David Cam, who was later acquitted of his own family's murders, which is an entire separate story, which I didn't even know was happening until I saw that. I can't can't get into it because I can't. Okay. Got to focus. All right. Um, Was one of the responding officers. Jefferson County Sheriff Buck Shipley and detectives began an investigation collecting forensic evidence at the scene. They initially suspected a drug deal gone wrong and did not believe the crime had been committed by locals. At 8.20 p.m., a hysterical Tony Lawrence went to the Jefferson County Sheriff's office with her parents. She gave a rambling statement identifying the victim as Shanda, naming the three other girls involved as best she could, and describing the main events of the previous night. Sheriff Shipley contacted the Cook County Sheriff and was finally able to match the body to Shanda Sheriff's missing person report. All four girls were charged with murder, arson, battery with a deadly weapon, aggravated battery, criminal confinement, and intimidation, with Melinda and Lori receiving additional charges, including felony murder. Lori and Melinda were sentenced to 60 years in the Indiana Women's Prison in Indianapolis. With maximum time reduced for good behavior, they could be released in the year 2020. That's Excuse coming me? up. 2020. That's like tomorrow. One more time. 2020. 2020. Wow. Uh, Hope was sentenced to 60 years with 10 years suspended for mitigating circumstances. Such as uh, all four girls had troubled backgrounds with claims of physical and sexual abuse committed by a parent or other adult. Hope, Tony, and Lori had histories of self-harming behavior. Lori was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder and suffered from hallucinations. And Melinda, who was a ringleader in the attack, had the most extensive history of abuse and Mm -hmm. mental health issues. So Hope also got 10 years of medium supervised probation. On appeals, a judge reduced the sentence to 35 years. In 2011, Hope, Tony, and Amanda Heverin appeared on Dr. Phil, where they were confronted by Shanda's mother. Uh, Jacqueline Vaught called Heverin a predator and said that, quote, my daughter would still be alive if it weren't for her. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Phil, for doing doing the good work. God's work. work. <laughs> um, 
In 2012, Jacqueline Vaught made headlines when she developed a kind of relationship with Melinda Lovelace. During her time in prison, Melinda had taken to training dogs for the disabled through the Indiana Canine Assistance Network program. Indiana has really good prison systems with animals. They work with an- they have cats mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. one of their prisons. They like have the prisoners like are able to keep cats with yeah. them in their cells and it like actually greatly improves their living conditions and their opinions on things. Yeah. We treat people like Go people. figure. It's weird. I don't want um, and actually Melinda happened to be like the top trainer for, for the uh, dogs. For the That's dogs. Awesome. Uh Jacqueline donated a puppy in her daughter's honor to the program, specifically to Melinda, so she could train the dog. Despite facing criticisms for working with her daughter's murderer, Jacqueline was adamant in her decision. She was quoted as saying, It's my choice to make. She's my child. If you don't let good things come from bad things, nothing gets better. And I know what my child will want. My child will want this. And that is the unfortunate murder of Shanda Scherer and the story of the Teenage Lesbian Kill Squad. That is wild. Yeah. I didn't do much. I didn't do any research into Mm -hmm. it. I just went in a different direction entirely. You know how that happens sometimes. Always. (laughs) (laughs) But I love that. I almost vaguely had a hard time doing research this week because I had a murder that I wanted to do, and I was like, not that happy about it. So I was like, I want something else, and so I like just scavenged and found it. I'm can you believe this it. shit? I cannot. Can you believe? I mean, I can't. I cannot. You're a star. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I can believe it. So oh, we had rough. the mur. Nope. <laughs> we had John Wayne Bobbitt and Lorena Bobbitt and his dick and her knife. His dick. That's all. That's all it was. His dick. Her. Knife. It was really just all about his dick. I just had I just had a penis story today. And Liddy, you had the Jeff's penis story. Jeff's talking mongoose. Jeff, it's horrifying. I'm gonna think about that for days. <laughs> Jeff, the man in the walls. Jeff, the man Jeff, goose. the fully grown adult human male. And uh, the death of Shonda Sharer. Wow. Shanda Sharer, my bad. Can G E F. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Always remember and never forget that Mothman is out there and Mothman loves you. Don't sue us. Don't. Bye. <laughs> How do you spell his name? G F G G with a G E E F F. Are we sure it's Jeff? It's Jeff. Is it? It's not, it's not Gif. Gif. It's not Gif. Gif. His name is Jeff. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, I like how you dropped that on us at the end. <laughs> we have an email, although we technically finished the podcast. Did you pause? No. Great. Can you believe pod at gmail.com? Please email us. <laughs> yeah, email us. God, what do we have to do? <laughs> Rate, email review, at... subscribe. Yes. Please. On iTunes, iTunes, Google Play, wherever your favorite podcast streaming app is. Yes. 
We have also to... have a Twitter account. We have a Twitter and a yes. Facebook. You can find us at CYBS Pod. Give us your feedback. Give us your feedback. Tell us. Give us your feed. Tell us what we did wrong. Give us your torsos. What we did. What? I don't want any torsos. Tell us if you have drinked a Slurpee through a penis. Do you have beef? No. I don't want to know. Don't want to be liable. <laughs> if you ever want to send me free food, feel free to tell me about how you're going to do that. If you would like to uh, set up that. Chipotle catering for our... <laughs> Next episode. Future episodes. And and Portillo's. <laughs> I want just go Portillo's. to Portillo's. Donate to my PayPal. At Donate <laughs> to... Don't donate CYBS to my pod. I think you can send money we, through Facebook. Oh my god, you can. <laughs> when should we fully send money through Facebook? You can do that. You can. Probably. Okay, know. that's anyway. it. <laughs> Goodbye again. Bye. <laughs>